And then the publisher said, do you have any dragons? Are there dragons in the book? And I was like, well, no, there aren't any dragons in the book. And the publisher was like, no, 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 just put some dragons in there. Just trust me, put some dragons in there. Chapter 14, it's called Norbert the Norwegian Ridgeback. I'm not sure what a Norwegian Ridgeback is, but a Rhodesian Ridgeback is a dog with a crazy patch of fur on its back that grows the wrong way, so that's awesome. I hope this chapter is as awesome as that dog is. And so the chapter starts with the disappointing notion that Quirrell didn't appear to have cracked underneath the pressure that Snape had put on him. And then there's this description of Unbossy Girl studying. Like, it's. They're getting to the point in the narrative where I guess there's like tests and shit, and so they're all studying. And the narrator decides that this is really stupid and worthy of ridicule for some reason. Like, the narrator acts like doing the very thing she came to Hogwarts to do is like somehow incredibly annoying. And then Harry and Ron are like, relax, lady. And she's like, um, sorry, I want to take wizard school seriously and not get kicked out. And it's clear that the narrator wants us to side with Harry and Ron for some reason. And then the narrator complains about how the teachers are giving the students a lot of work. And Harry and Ron are like literally sighing and rolling their eyes at Unbossy Girl for doing the work that she's given. And then all of a sudden they see Hagrid in the library and he was looking up fucking dragon books, which is awesome. And I know this is just some convenient plot device to introduce dragons into the story or something, but wouldn't it be cool if Hagrid was just, like, a fan of dragons? Like, it had no relevance to the narrative. It was just like, oh yeah, sometimes Hagrid goes to the library to read about dragons because dragons are awesome. And then Hagrid asks the three amigos what they're up to and is like, you're still not looking up Nicholas Flamel, are you? And they're like, oh no, we already figured all that out. He's a guy who has an immortality potion that also doubles as an alchemy machine, and it's being hidden in this very school by your very dog, and Snape is trying to get it, but has thus far been unsuccessful. So no, now we're in the library to actually study school stuff. And Hagrid's like, oh, well then. And then Harry is like, speaking of the insane shit that is swirling around this institution, do you mind if we ask you some questions about this whole Philosopher's Stone thing? And Hagrid is like, not here in the library. Come and find me in my room where there's privacy and I still won't answer your questions, but I'm probably dumb enough to be tricked into telling you more stuff. Let's say 8 o'clock. And so then he leaves and they find out that he was reading about dragons. And then they go into his room that night and they trick him into telling them more stuff. But before that, we get some more information about dragons and about how owning dragons is, like, against the wizard law, and how if a muggle sees a dragon, the wizards put on this, like, forgetfulness spell that makes the muggles forget that they saw one. And I'm really annoyed at how magic is deployed in this universe. There seems to be no consistent internal logic to it other than just, oh, the plot requires we cover something up, but we don't have any other way to do it. Like, oh, controlling someone's broomstick? That's insane, high-level wizard shit that only crazy awesome wizards can do. But locking someone's leg up so they can't walk, or, like, setting them on fire? That's just first-year shit. And then, like, literally removing people's memories like you're the fucking doctor from Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind? Apparently that's shit any wizard can do. And for some reason, the implications of this, that literally no one in the universe is able to trust their own memories or sustain any fidelity to their past, 
isn't fleshed out at all. Like, if eternal sunshining people at will is something that wizards are able to do, like, they can just plant false memories or remove true memories from people, that alone completely reshapes the entire contours of consciousness, subjectivity, the nature of truth and reality, epistemology, basically every foundation of knowledge we have is, like, out the fucking window. Also, in terms of the narrative, it makes everything that every character says or thinks about their past immediately suspect. If you have this power, you can literally bend reality to your will. And then what do the wizards do with this power? They make sure people don't know about dragons. This makes no fucking sense. And so they visit Hagrid, and they're like, yo, what's guarding the Philosopher's Stone besides Fluffy? And he doesn't want to say anything, so Unbossy Girl, like, flatters him by using his massive man crush on Mumblecore. Like, oh, I know Mumblecore thinks you're the best. And he's like, who, me? And so then he tells them that all the different professors helped put spells on the door, including Snape. And the kids are like, Snape? Did they do, like, no background check whatsoever, like, any sort of personality assessment on the insane evil dude who stalks around in robes and takes pleasure in embarrassing and negligently inflicting serious bodily harm on students and is a general total fucking asshole? Like, maybe leave him out of guarding the all-powerful stone? And then check out this logic. Haggard says, Snape isn't trying to steal the Philosopher's Stone because he helped secure it. Yep. Sound logic there, Hagrid, you old lovable moron. And so the kids don't even bother trying to explain why Hagrid is wrong. They're just like, okay, cool, so he knows how to get around everything except for Quirrell's spell and the dog. And then Hagrid says that he and Mumblecore are the only people who know how to get to the stone. And it's really bizarre that Snape hasn't gone after Hagrid. Like, you could seriously trick this dude into telling you how to get the stone with, like, a strongly worded riddle. You could probably be like, hey, Hagrid, I bet you can't get the stone out and hand it to me. And he'd be like, aren't you a keen one? I surely can. And then he would give you the fucking stone because that's the kind of guy that he is. And then Hagrid's room is all hot because he's apparently boiling a dragon egg. And then he tells the kids that he won it off of some drunk dude and he's going to hatch it and breed it. And so the Norwegian Ridgeback is the name of this particular type of dragon, which is apparently a rare type of dragon, as opposed to the common dragons that we all know and love, except for the fact that our memories of those dragons have been completely erased from existence. And then Bossy Girl is like, Hagrid, you live in a wooden house, which is a bad idea for a dragon. And Hagrid basically sticks his fingers in his ears and is like, la, 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 And then they leave and go back to studying. And then a few days later, Harry's uh, gender-fluid owl gives him a note from Hagrid that just says, it's hatching. And it's kind of weird and also a little endearing that Harry is Hagrid's only friend. And so then Harry and Unbossy Girl and Sidekick Ron all have to argue for a while over whether they're going to see the dragon hatch before they go see the dragon hatch. Uh, this is a thing that the book does constantly. It sets up something like, we should go do X, and then Harry is like, yes. And then Ron is like, I don't know. And Unbossy Girl is like, absolutely not. And then they go. Harry always gets his way. Unbossy Girl never does. And Ron is always just like, whatever. I'd say that there's some sort of analogy with the id, ego, superego. But it's always just ineffectual resistance from the superego. And the id wins out every time. And so they watch the dragon hatch. And it's described as looking like a black umbrella, which I think is a cool description. And then it sneezes and sparks shoot out, which is cute. And then that fucking Dracula kid is looking through the window, and he sees the dragon and then runs away. And it's like, fucking Dracula kid ruins everything. 
And so now we're probably going to get a scene where Dracula Kid is like, Hey, dragon, you don't make very much money. Your parents probably don't love you. Uh, I'm Dracula Kid. And so then they decide to ask Ron's brother Charlie if he can adopt the dragon or, like, foster the dragon or whatever. And then apparently the dragon bites Ron, and Hagrid gets all mad at Ron for frightening it. So he's, like, victim-blaming, essentially. And then Hagrid is just off the fucking deep end with the dragon. He's, like, singing to it and shit. And then Ron's brother Charlie writes to them and is like, have the dragon on the tallest tower by midnight on Saturday so that we can initiate another convenient plot contrivance. And they're like, cool, we'll do. And in the meantime, Ron's bite like swells up and his hand turns all green and he has to go to the hospital and Dracula Kid comes to laugh at him. And then he takes a book from Ron, which conveniently has the note with the instructions about the dragon in it. So that night they all put on the invisibility cloak and as they're walking up, they see Professor Catwoman holding Dracula Kid by the ear and saying, 20 points from Slytherin walking around like a fucking asshole. What are you, trying to find a dragon? And so they get all excited about that. And then they get up to the tower and they give the dragon to Charlie's friends. And then they idiotically leave the invisibility cloak behind them. And they're seen by Filch, who's like, ah, you're busted. And honestly, I don't remember who Filch is, uh, but probably some asshole administrator or something. And that's the end of the chapter. So overall, this chapter especially so late in the game, seems totally pointless. We got no closer to the central plot other than we learned a tiny bit more about the logistics of the Philosopher's Stone and how it's guarded. The dragon thing doesn't seem to make any sense. Maybe it'll come back later or at some point. It just seems like a really weird setup that does basically nothing for this narrative. Like, what the fuck was the point of any of that? Other than, I guess, to show that Haggard is a very nurturing dude, but we knew that already. And that he's incredibly forgiving of destructive tendencies in the people or creatures that he has decided to be loyal to. Uh, but we knew that too. I honestly don't think we needed that to be reinforced at this particular stage in the narrative or in this particular way. Maybe the dragon subplot comes back. Who knows? More likely, it's just some vehicle for getting Harry and the gang in trouble. But this is now like the fourth or fifth time that Harry and the gang sneak out at night to do something, and it goes a little bit right and a little bit wrong. But at least the last few times, it's added some piece to the broader story arc. Like when they found the dog, that's central to the Philosopher's Stone plot. And when they found the mirror, that is central to Harry's backstory. When they killed the troll, that was a display of the main character's characteristics and like a bonding moment even if it was like a very clunky bonding moment that I thought could have been handled better. But this is just like, oh, they got rid of the dragon and then got caught. So, you know, super disappointing. I feel like this book is constantly bubbling up to something good. And then just like, nah, never mind. All right, I'll see you for chapter 15.